presents. Oh, there's a recording. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see what is this. Can you see the screen? Yeah. Yes. Perfect. So, um, I want to start with this: the four tem temperaments. Um, this is a very known um, way to see <laughs> uh, human temperament. Um, there's a there's there's a, a a book that I read from Tim LaHaye a long time ago about the four tem uh, control temperaments by the Holy Spirit. It will translate something like that. I'm pretty sure you guys have read it. Um, and, and this obviously introduces the, the way people react towards the world and, um, and toward our other people. And uh, we won't have time to go into details on which one is which, but I want to identify uh, Peter in one of these, um, the Apostle Peter in one of these four temperaments. And, and what do you think? What, was he a phlegmatic a, a calm, controlled, peaceful, thoughtful, careful person. And I would say, obviously, no, we have read about him. He's, um, uh, he's probably either um, one of the other two more extroverted ones. The other one is uh, melancholic. So it will also start with a quiet, unsociable, reserved, sober, you know, uh, type of person. And we would say Peter is not melancholic either. So he has to be either sanguineo or colerico, cleric or sang sanguine. I don't know how to pronounce that one. Sanguine. But sanguine, thank you. So he will be either a leader, you know, an easygoing, responsive, talkative, outgoing, sociable, or cleric. He will be an active, optimistic, impulsive, um, excitable, aggressive, touchy. So I'm going to say he was one of those two, and I would incline more for the choleric one, right? So having that said, uh, let's go back to our study here real quick. And this is the first, the first scenario. Peter, which means uh, stone, Petras, um, <clears throat> he initially has this uh, encounter in which we see him um, sticking up like a sore thumb. And we can go immediately to Matthew chapter 14 and verse 28. Um, very known passage. Matthew 14, verse 28. I would read these verses. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. You know, something that I want to point out is that Peter is the, is the most that speaks from the group, the, the most that, that, that comes out and, and say the first, the first thing, he speaks his mind. He's like always saying, you know, he's always the, the giving his opinion. Giving his point of one. So he said, command me to come on the water. So in this moment, I perceive that Peter is in a high point. He is decided. He says, I want to do it. 
I think I can do it. I have the faith I can do it if the Lord allows me to. And I think that's a beautiful thing that we can learn. Um, we can take um, strength in the permission of the Lord to do something and to behave in a certain way because the Lord has already commanded. Um, he obviously asked for the command. He asked for the authorization. He asked for the permission to do. Um, most of the time we pray the Lord, if it's your will, allow me to do this. Um, Lord, if you, if, you, if you can help me on this, um, like we were talking the other day, most of the time we come to the Lord already with a pre-notion of an answer or, um, or a way to do things. So we don't pray more for his will, but we pray that we can do something. Uh, we already have a response solution to our situations. But I see Peter here saying, Lord, I want, but if you command, I will, I can. So the Lord on verse 29 says, come, just one word, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water. He walked on the water. Under the command, under the permission, under the word of God, we can do the supernatural. And I don't want to be like, you know, like one of those uh, say it and claim it without a uh, <laughs> word of faith type of deal. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, with the Lord, we can do things. If the Lord did not allow him to do it, he would not be able to. So it's not Peter doing the miracle. It's the Lord and his authority. Um, some people say uh, it was Peter because of his faith. But I think it's the Lord who also gives the faith. So we see Peter in this high note saying, I want to do this. Allow me to. And he comes down and he does walk. On water, which is a supernatural thing. But then we can we cannot stop the story without seeing what just happened right next to that. And in verse 30, we read, But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, that means it's strong and loud, right? He was afraid and beginning to sink he cried out saying, Lord, save me. So let's stop to think about that. In a moment, he's walking on the water, but then the waves. Remember the key word when we read earlier? Waves. I think that's something that we can learn from this, that even if we are walking in a high note with the Lord, if we look around and we see the waves, the waves of this world, the waves of that sea, we can start to sink. And, P and uh, Peter immediately saw these waves and he felt something. What was that? Fear. He was afraid and immediately he started to go down. So we see Peter going up in the high note, walking on the water, and immediately going down. 
because he was afraid. He looked around and he removed his eyes from the Lord. He, instead of looking at the Lord Jesus and walking towards him in a straight path toward God, he was looking around into the waves. That's a teaching for us that we, in this walk with the Lord, that's a word, walk toward God, straight to him, looking upon Jesus, looking to him, we can walk. But once we start looking around and fearing and feeling this um, fear from all these waves that are going on in our surroundings, we're going to start to sink. The next, um, so we want to continue. The, the next um, chapter, verse, uh, chapter, verse 16, here it says, Simon Peter answered. So the question from the Lord is, who do you say I am? Who do you think I am? What, what's, what's in your mind? Who do you say I am? Some people were saying, you know, that he was a prophet, that he was a prophet. But he wanted to inquire from them, who do they think uh, he was? So the question is, who do you say I am? And from the group, again, Peter sticks his hand up and he says, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That again is an extremely high <laughs> note for Peter. If, if we, if we look at, um, if, if we look at Peter, he's like, He's like the sine wave. I know for the for the um, electricians, a sine wave is a pretty known word. Uh, I just went onto the internet and looked for a sine wave to get a picture <laughs> from it, and and a sine wave it involves a lot of math. You know, a lot of mathematical equations and and. And it's just a, a line that goes up and down. Let me see if I see it, if I still have it here on my pictures. Uh, I do not. So a sine wave, um, it just goes from positive to negative, crossing the neutral axis. So it goes up and down, up and down. So in this sine wave of Peter, in this point in time, he is in a in an extremely positive note. Simon Peter answered and said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." And Jesus answered to him, "Blessed are you, Simon, or Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven." So he had a special revelation. He had the right answer. He from the twelfth, he was the number one at this point. And as Peter, we are able to confess that the Lord Jesus Christ is the son of the living God 
is our savior. We enjoy this communication with the Lord through prayer. We enjoy the, the communion with the living God. We are no longer enemies. We are um, his family, his children. We know him. We have a special relationship with God. We are capable of saying, Abba, Father, like my dear father, he is to our hearts. And at this point, Peter was enjoying that. He, he was, um, he had this relationship with the Lord. He was communicating. The father revealed to him this special revelation. And he confessed properly. But again, we see the sine wave going into the negative zone a few minutes later. And um, verse 22, it reads, then Peter took him aside and began, and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you. He's talking about his death. Lord, this shall not happen to you. You will not die on a cross. Oh, no. Far be this from you. You shall not. Right? This shall not happen to you. But the Lord then says, he rebuked um, but he rebuked and said to Peter, get behind me or step aside or away from me, Satan. You are an offense to me. Um, in some translations, this is you are a stumbling block. You're, you're, you're making me, um, you're, you're trying to put a trap on me. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. And this was pretty pretty harsh for Peter in this moment. He was being called Satan, the deceiver, the enemy of the Lord. He was being called the worst of the worst from being the blessed one, right? The one had to, who had the special revelation to being the devil. Um, get behind me. Um, I know that uh, most of uh, some, some, some scholars uh, say that the Lord was talking to Satan, not to Peter, but Peter was receiving these words. He, he was listening. And, and unfortunately he was saying, Oh, 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 I think, I think I, I, I said the wrong thing, I guess. Get behind me, step aside. I don't want to see you here. Don't do this. Satan. I mean, that's a pretty low uh, point. Um, Peter had reached a, a negative on this one. Um, the sine wave went from positive <laughs> to negative in, in a matter of seconds. So let's think about that in, a, in our lives. At many times, it had happened to me. That in the early morning, let's say it's a Sunday morning, worshiping the Lord, and we are in the best positive sign way with the Lord up there, beautiful, singing the hymns. And, and in the same day, later comes something that just brings us down, bring me down, and I just feel miserable. It happened to us. But the purpose of this message is to seek for that maturity 
how can we be a more mature Christian so we are not up and down, up and down? The Lord help us. Verse uh, chapter 17, next page. Chapter 17, let's see verse 4. Then Peter answered. Okay, this passage is the transfiguration passage. Very well known passage. Um, we know that the Lord um, went up there. We can read in verse one. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John. You know, he took the elite, the, the close uh, circle ones, the three main, the, the ones that, that, that he had more like confidence, I would say. But all right, he took Peter, James, and John. And I think Peter, James, and John also uh, needed this. Um, they, the Lord provided this opportunity for them. And verse two, he was, he was transfigured. He was, uh, this is the, the, the word that also represents a transformation, transfigured, uh, like a metamorphosis, metamorphosis, metamorphosis. He, he changed his appearance, right? His figure was transformed. So, the Lord Jesus transfigured before them. His face shone, shone. That means the, the shine in past tense, right? Shone like the sun. And sometimes we read this so fast that we don't stop to think. Imagine the sun at noon. Bright, extremely difficult to look at. The sun shining. He, his face was shining like the sun. Uh, his clothes became white as the light. So we, we can say this was something extremely different. Um, there was a lot of glory, a lot of, of uh, Shekinah. The, the brightness of the Lord was, was revealed for a second right there. So his face, we can imagine looking at the sun, and his light, uh, his clothes was, was shining light. Verse 3, and behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking to him. Moses and Elijah. Um, three of the, of, of, the, of the key members of the Old Testament. <laughs> uh, Moses and uh, then Peter says, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make the, here three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Peter always taught. And from the three, Peter had to talk. And Peter was the one with the bright idea, I guess. I'm pretty sure he was. This is good. This is good, Lord Jesus. This is good that we're here. And, 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 and it's probably good for us as well as for you. Why? Because we're going to do this three little uh, tents and, and we're going to create them. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And I say in this portion that Peter was in a high note. Um, let me tell you why. First, he was among the three, right? 
he was second. It was good for them. The Lord did this for a purpose. There's nothing that the Lord does that hasn't have a specific purpose. And third, imagine yourself being aboard in this way, shining. Something that most of us would love to see. So he was in a very, very good spot. But then his mouth, his ideas kind of took him away. Even his idea of doing the tent was a good idea, I would say. But if he did it for the Lord. I think the problem here is that he he compared the Lord with Moses and Elijah, and he put him in the same category. He put him in the same level. So he did this probably um, thinking, oh, I'm going to do one for, for the Lord as well as for them. Or maybe he thought, oh, we got this three equal um, persons, and we're going to make three tents. And the Lord is unique. The saying that Moses and Elijah were shining like the sun and their clothes, it doesn't say any of that. I have seen some representations, some pictures drawn of this event, and, and they tend to be correct. The Lord was the one shining. The Lord was the one that has this glory. So when he says this, while he was still speaking, while he was still mumbling these things, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on faces. And we're greatly afraid. And I see how you immediately the brightest idea came to nothing because they never did this tabernacles. They never did it. And the Lord spoke from heaven and it was all gone. Except for the Lord, obviously. But came and said, arise and do not be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And this was the purpose, to see Jesus only. So we see Peter in this scenario going up and going down real quickly, real fast. And I think um, it's like, uh, you know, it's like a roller coaster. Easily, I mean, with difficulty we go up, but easily we go down. He's slow up, but fast he goes down. <laughs> um, you know, there's there are several. Uh, the yo-yo is one. The yo-yo goes up and down real quick. But I think the roller coaster of Peter's life resembles sometimes our lives. That we can easily go up as well as easily go down. And the idea is to encourage us to be a more mature Christian. To be on a high note for longer periods. Let's, let's look at one more. In Matthew 26, little time is, is going. Matthew 26, and all this is in Matthew, so bear with me in just a few pages. Matthew chapter 26, um, we can read on verse uh, 30. Matthew 26, verse 30. 
And when they had sung a hymn, they went out of the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, all of you will, made, uh, will be made to stole because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and rise from, I will go before, before you to Galilee. Peter again. Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made stumble. Made to stumble. Jesus said to him, as assuredly I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Interesting. Verse 35. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. So initially the Lord, you know, he, he knowing everything that was going to happen. He tells them that, you know, they're, they're all going to go away. They're going to leave him alone. They're going to be pretty much um, in despair. But then comes, Jesus, uh, comes Peter and he says, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never. And I want to see here before, we I want to see the positive on this. Because I believe Peter said this with all his heart. I think Peter was ready to go down with Jesus. Peter was not just saying this. He knew he wanted he, he He would love to give his life for his Lord. And in this moment, I'm positive that he was in a positive note. He, he wanted it. He, he, he was willing to. And he was ready to go for it. To the point that um, they even carry some, some swords or some, some knives with them. And, and, and Peter seems to have one of them. He was ready to roll. And if we see uh, what happens that night, we know that Peter was ready to do what he said he was going to do. And we can go real quick at John 18. It's a different book, I know. But let's go to John 18 to see, just to remind us that, that he was really saying this. He was not going to uh, let the Lord Jesus down. Um, and at this point, he was... Um, ready john 18 10 says then simon peter having a sword he was one of the ones who had the sword drew it out and struck the high priest servant and cut off his his right ear and this kid right there i don't know if you see it on the screen it says i swear <laughs> And Peter wanted to swear to the Lord that he was going to do it. Oh, yes, I'm going to do it. Um, this, um, this statue represents the moment that Peter draws his, his sword and he cuts the, the ear of, of this fella. Um, we, we read here on verse um, 10. Um, 
the high priest servant and cut his cut off his right ear and the servant name was Malchus. So that, that little kid right there is Malchus. Um, there are a couple of, of errors on that graphic. Um, I don't think there was a little kid that night at midnight with sticks and swords <laughs> and, and things. Um, I think they were all grown-ups. So it was, he was probably a young guy, but not a, a child. So that's, that's one of the mistakes that I see on this. And the other thing is that uh, Peter didn't just draw his sword and okay um with care he grabbed the head and, and let me try to cut this ear don't move i might cut something else but don't move let me cut the ear i don't think he went that way i think he draw his sword and he just swung it to the head and malcolm malchus is his name um he probably dodged it a little bit and, and still grabbed part of his ear or his ear went down so it was a little more violent scenario than what there um Peter was going for the head, I'm pretty sure. So Peter really was going to give his life for the Lord. That's why I see Peter in a high note in, in this, in this, in this uh, point. He said, even if the others, I will not. And if we go back to the chart of the four temperaments, uh, choleric is a, decide, a decided guy. He is a very go for action person and he really went to die for the lord but the problem is that the lord knows everything and peter was still not a mature christian he was still a disciple a learner and he needed the last um the last lesson and this is one of the last lessons for peter um we go to matthew chapter 26 and we see him in his last um, moment there. Matthew chapter 26, verse 70. Here we read. But he denied it, denied the Lord. He, uh, he denied uh, the, the, the fact that they, they say he was with Jesus. He said, no, he denied it before them saying, I do not know what you're saying. I don't know the man. I don't know what you're saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied it with an oath. Here you see, we see the oath that was kind of implied, I will never Here's the oath. Oh, I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely you also are one of them. For your speech betrays you. Your speech is similar to his. Then he began to curse. He was probably saying godly words and now he realized that, oh, if I want to convince these people that I don't know him, I got to say bad words. He began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately, the rooster crowed. His roller coaster was going down fast. Peter, in a moment, was ready to die for the Lord. Later on, a couple of hours later, 
he was denying the Lord. And I want us to think about our lives. How are we, um, how are we walking with the Lord? Um, today in this world, there are many factors that might make us go up and down like the yo-yo. But I want to encourage the church brothers and sisters that we need to be always in a high note with the Lord. Peter already had been bitten down with the ups and downs in his life, in his walk with the Lord as a disciple. That he learned that the Lord knows everything and that he is only a servant. We cannot do anything except by his grace and his power and his mercy. If we go to John chapter 21, we see a more mature Peter. Chapter 21 of John. This is uh, already the Lord has been re had resurrected and is having this breakfast with the disciples. And we read on verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know, I love you. He said to them, to him, feed my lambs. We have, we have touched these verses many times. He said to him again, second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah. Do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And there are many lessons that we can take out of this portion regarding the feeding of the lambs, of the sheep. But I want to focus on Peter. First of all, the Lord calls him Simon, son of Jonah. He doesn't call, me, call him stone anymore in this particular verses. I think he has grown to be more than the little stone. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And three times he asked this different Greek words. But. Peter understood that even if he gave an answer, the Lord knows everything. Even if he speaks out, the Lord knows what's in his heart. And it is a beautiful thing because Peter had become a more mature Christian. And in, a, in our daily walk with the Lord, in our ups and downs, there is growth. And I want to encourage all of us to continue to grow, even if we have these ups and downs. The Lord wants to lead us to him. 
we all have heard uh we all have uh heard about what's going on in the world and we know that this is a difficult time to be in and it will become more difficult for christians but our path with the lord our walk with the lord has to continue to be in the high notes with god it is hard not to fail the lord jesus in this world in this planet in this society but i want to encourage you to keep trying to work hard to keep it up to don't give up set your eyes up on jesus the author and perfecter of the faith as it is written my little children I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, the righteous. And God help us to continue in his word and to look at him all the time, despite the struggles, despite the difficulties. Um, I wanted to share this uh, today, um, virtually, and I hope you have found uh, encouragement and, and that we can all pray one another uh, for one another so we can continue to grow as Peter became a more mature Christian. And we can close at that. I would like to share back the screen. Let's see if I can stop sharing. There we go. And um, 